Hi, folks. Hello. It is the Yards of Nineness. Yes, back again. Yeah, with stuff. Season two, still rolling strong. I know. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. We're just two in. I think. Maybe. Uh, we don't know how many we're in. We don't. Because this might not publish for months. Hey, Ray, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. That's all right. It happens. Forget. Forget. <laughs> Get the amnesia powder out. Yeah. But we're we're recording this sort of like second in order. Yeah. Third in order. It depends on what we feel the needs it's are true. Of, of the idiom-seeking public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We feel the market, and we give the market what it can bear. Yeah. Like a bear market. Like a bear market. Which yeah. you may or may not have heard yet. We don't know. Maybe not. We're not sure. And today's... <laughs> and speaking of questions like that, right? Yes. Today's topic is we've got questions. We've got some, questions. Right? Yeah. So it's sort of like in, inquiry <laughs> related. That's a tough word for some. Yeah. Yeah. In, I think maybe the maybe our British friends say it differently. Inquiry, Maybe. I don't know that it's usually like a different syllable. Like we would say sanctuary and they say sanctuary or uh, February. February. That nice. was tough for me. Yeah. That's tough. But yeah, it's just a different syllable accent. It is what I've come to find. <laughs> what is your first question? Yeah, it's funny you'd ask, right? I, I thought it'd be funny uh, or at least move us along. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. Um. Yeah, and and folk, you're welcome to, sorry, adjusting my stuff, you're welcome to write in and tell us otherwise <laughs> about the banter. Sorry. <laughs> but hey, maybe you just want to get right to it. Yeah. You don't care if the brakes fell apart in my car or anything. Well, like that, that was a filler. We needed that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> shadow of a doubt. Oh. So is uh, what I have. Sometimes it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. Or sometimes without, and I I do believe it started out as without and morphed into beyond. Me personally, I never noticed the difference. In my research, a lot of people took time to dissect the nuances between the two. And after me absorbing said dissections, (laughs) I decided it was a fruitless effort. I mean, it was just, you know, why? Yeah. Why? So... If I say to you, Ray, you know, I am going to enjoy that Junior Walker and the All-Stars song tonight in my headphones. Yes. Without a shadow of a doubt, I'm going home and doing that. Yes. What do I mean? It means that is definitely happening to me, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely happening. Definitely. It's absolutely true. Oh, okay. Absolutely true. I like that. Yeah. Very definitive. But there's a fun part to it that we take for granted, and I I really enjoyed this aspect of the analysis, which is shadow. You know, a shadow is something created by the blockage of light, right? Mm-hmm. So um, caused by the interception of light, Partial darkness produced by a body intercepting the direct rays of the sun or other luminary. Really like that. Yeah, any luminary. And further, it's derived from what are the the earlier German uh, or Germanic roots of shade. So um, 
you got your shad, you got your shad, you know? They're, shad. Yeah, right. Her name's Sade, but the band is Sade. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, sh- uh, Shade, though, right? Yeah. So the the other part of it, because your your doubt is not walking into the light and causing a shadow, you know. Right. So it's more of these other figurative derivatives that we've created over time of shadow, and so it, it's sort of a uh, a vague uh, impression of something or someone, you know. Um, He's a shadow of his former self, mm-hmm. and and that would mean he, he's a, a nebulous, a vague, yeah. partial entity compared to the guy I once knew, mm-hmm. right? Right. But there's also also things like um, you know they, this cast a shadow on him. You know, once Bob swore in the office cafeteria, <laughs> it cast a shadow on on how um, <laughs> really ruined my lunch. <laughs> Yeah, or how people thought of him. I don't know. You know. Right. That was a, yeah, I'm saying. Bob. And also, closely related, but still its own sort of thing. You know, the, the Phoenix brothers, one grew up in the shadow of the other ones acting, you know, so you're in the shadow of... Mm-hmm. You know what Another, I'm saying? right, yeah, yeah. And there's more. There's like, uh, you know, if you had an understudy that was going to follow you around all day, let me shadow Let's you shadow for you. the day. Yeah. And so it kind of means do what you do, but but not get in the way. I'm always going to be, you know, right there, but I'm going to be quiet and, and sort of unseen, but I'm going to be right where you are mm-hmm. so I could take in what you're doing. Sure. All, so there's a lot of shadow-esque things i mean aren't there yeah well we say we use the word shadow to, to fill a lot of roles in an idiom sense yes <laughs> i find that too yeah and so <laughs> and so shadow yeah shadow of his former self or hint of his former yeah. self things like that are you know there are parts parts of that and parts of some of these other figurative meanings that really make up you know how that got tossed in there but uh, as shadow of a doubt, and again, beyond a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, if if um, if dear listeners, if you care, let us know. And I I apologize for not like breaking down that part of the analysis, but it's just yeah. So <laughs> as far as shadow of a doubt, the way we use it today, earliest use were was in a British newspaper in. 1772 uh that's the first time that we see it quite that way okay um the the quote is tedious so i won't read it (laughs) but trust me yeah 17 what 20 1772 72 now um you have one of the figurative uses that we brought up uh, a lot, I brought up a lot there, was sh- you know, shadow of your former self or mm-hmm. whatever. That idea and and use has been around since the 1500s. Oh. Yeah, shadow of uh, shadow of yourself or or whatever. That that notion has been there 
since forever. Let's not say forever. <laughs> 15, 1500s. Yeah, it's as far not as like uh, old Pliny brought right. it up. This is 1500s, <laughs> way after Pliny's pushing daisies. Yeah, we've got millennia. Yeah, you have 1500-year-old daisies from Pliny at this point. <laughs> He's those daisies. But earlier than that, even, um, we had in one permutation or another uh, the phrase beyond a doubt and beyond a doubt uh we see well back into middle ages in, in the 13th century mm-hmm. so beyond a doubt is there yeah right hundreds of years then uh you know 16th century uh we see the shadow of a man we see the shadow being used popularly now in this uh figurative form mm-hmm. yeah and so right in there right after that, someone put it together. We don't have um, the actual first documented use or anything. <laughs> so the first time it was in the paper, what I say, eight, late 17, 18th century, yeah. 1772. But you had your, beyond a doubt, mm-hmm. and you had your shadow of a man. Yeah. And so in there in the 16th century, somebody put that together and um, created... Uh, Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You like it without. I do now. Now that I know, I do like it without. Well, I mean, it made my eyes bleed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm sorry to belabor that. No, it's okay. You know the um, but okay. So we see that it was put together in the 16th century, Mm -hmm. and, and we see basically where it came from and. And why? And short of having a 16th century, the first time someone scrawled it uh, with a pen. Pen. Yeah. I was looking for quill. Ah, quill. The password is yeah. I was looking for quill, but it's cool. Yeah, we did see it right after its first use, 1772. A lot. It stayed in print um, periodicals and and saw a cluster of them in the earlier. Uh, 19th century, you know, um, there were piles of use. And then it made its way into the Scarlet Letter novel, an operetta by Gilbert and Sullivan, and lots of other things, and sort of sunk its way into our modern usage, where I, I think it still is today. It's not like a cliche phrase, like people will use it. Yeah, I mean, you hear it, I guess, but I... I think you maybe yeah. read it maybe more than you hear. Probably read it, yeah. But if you're uh, emphatically arguing something, you'd be like, oh, yeah, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, you'd, you'd probably toss it in. I mean, not you. One would toss it in, maybe. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It would, it would, I mean, just like, uh, you know, you might say today, oh, 100%, 100%. Right, exactly. <laughs> People probably at a certain time said, oh, yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt, yes. Right, exactly. I agree. Here, here. That's how that's how it goes. I say beyond the shadow of a doubt. So, without a shadow of a doubt, Ray has the topic. Well, let me ask you a question and okay. see if you can answer it. <laughs> Why is the end bitter? I mean, you, you can't. I, I should answer it, but I'm saying that's my question. Am I allowed to? You can try. I mean, don't you know? I there are some beverages <laughs> that are. Bitter down there at the end. Sure. There's even um, a maker of wine that I'm going to enjoy this very evening. <laughs> and the bottom of the bottle 
is sometimes has little uh, cock in it. <laughs> and the last sip, if you're not paying attention and take it down, you're like, oh. Had some leftover wine. Yeah. Parts. Uh-huh. All right. Interesting. Hmm. I'll say that. I'm glad you feel that way. Um, right. That kind of, as you said, it has a connotation of unpleasant taste to it, right? Bitter. The bitterness mm-hmm. right from the start. You're like, well, yeah, it's right gotta, it's gate. gotta be you something bitter in there. Relating to, right. Right. Flavors. And the end, I mean, you don't like that. So yeah, makes sense. The, the bad flavor at the end. Um, but if you were to say, keep that idea in your mind, maybe, but then pick a nif- different origin. What, where might you go if you had to guess? I understand this is leading. I'm trying to lead you. <laughs> I'm trying to lead you to another origin, which we often stumble upon that we're always surprised about. It, uh, sailing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the heck? This term brings us back to our, uh, our life, our love, and our lady, the sea. Yeah, hey. Um, <laughs> it is... Essentially, uh, it refers to anchor ropes or ropes which are attached to uh, inside the ship to the ship's bits. Please stop. No, I can't. Come on. I can't. Bits slash bollards, uh, which are very large timbers used to attach these ropes. Wait a second. Ray, would, uh, Ray, would you hold on one I, second? I can hold on if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. You coming over here? All right, I'm back. <laughs> I went and got... Did you get the sailing thing? The dictionary? Or what is it? My th- my three sheets to the wind book. Yeah. You gonna look up bits? <laughs> i look up something. Strong post to which cables are made fast is the definition I found of bits. Yeah. All right. I'm going to read this I, while you talk. Yeah, that's fine. So as you would unfurl the anchor or rope or chain, uh, which, well, the anchor would be on a rope or chain, you, these ropes or chains would have flags attached towards the end of them, uh, which were attached to the bits. Uh, So you would know if you were almost out of chain or rope um, that essentially the the flag was on the, the bitter end of the rope or chain because it was the end attached to the bits. Golly. (laughs) Um... Night, what, 1627, Captain Smith's Seaman's Grammar. Uh, the good captain defines the bitter. Uh, a bitter is but the turn of a cable about the bits and wear it out and veer it out by little, yeah, by little and little. And the bitter's end is the part of the cable doth stay within board. <laughs> um, so... It doesn't specifically relate to the same kind of use as we use it because it's a it's a literal term, bitter's end. It is a sailing term of bitter, the end of the bitter. Um, but it, it kind of relates in a way that if you were, say, at the bitter's end and your anchor hadn't hit bottom of the ocean, you know you weren't able to dock there. So it's, I don't know, I'm trying to get like a... It's not like a hard-fought journey. It's not like a harmful thing, but it's something that you're like, oh, we're at the bitter's end out here. We can't anchor. 
So we got to pull up and go somewhere else. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I may have said. Yes. You know, there's a there's a famous bar in New York called The Bitter End. Yes. And um, and so my head is spinning because I always thought it had something to do with the with the beer, you know, the beer at the bottom of your glass or something. Well, as I said, that is the definition of the bitter's end. But <laughs> the idiom phrase that we use has a slightly different origin versus the literal bitter's end. Uh, and that idiom usage comes from uh, the King James Bible, it seems, in 1611. They sailed too. They did sail, yes. But this is more of the what you had mentioned earlier. The end of a drink perhaps being bitter, or a bitter drink that you had finished. Uh, prober, pro, proverbs proverbs 5.3-5. For the lips of a strange woman drop... Uh, this is, I think, talking about... Yeah, as a person who's died. Sorry. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Oh, like yeah. my ex-wife. <laughs> you said that one already. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is, again, the, it's seeming like the idiom form of bitter end comes from 1611 and then 1622 another similar passage um not in the bible just another writing the second song of moses by george withers it says Uh um with hunger parched and consumed with heat i will enforce them to a bitter end and then you know more quotes on that but same thing it's a long quote um so we get the idiom usage. I, I did a little misdirection. We get we have a direct, a real usage, and then an, an idiom usage, which uh, I, I picked up on. You know, I try to make it interesting because it's it's nice when they they are so simple, but it's nice when they have two two stories. Yeah, kind of. I was shocked by the sailing thing, and I kept digging because I wasn't satisfied. I was satisfied, but I'm like, I couldn't see the jump from a literal. You know what I mean? To to what the idiom is, and sometimes. I don't know. It just made me dig longer. I'm like, wait, there's okay. So there's more stuff in here, which was nice to see. 1744, another quote, um, same thing. Using the bitter end is the idiom. Most of these early writings and early poems are are regarding death, uh, but they're using the idiom to mean death. And that's uh, the bitter end of of that. It was I. I wanted to give up after sailing. I'll be honest, because sure. I was so fascinated. Takes you I away. Am, always. <laughs> Did you find it in the book? Yeah, it's in the book. Nice. Yeah, it's, I mean, same business about the bits and all. Yeah, this is Captain Smith's uh, Seaman's Gentleman's. What is it? What did I say? Seaman's Grammar. Is it from that quote, or do you get a different quote? <laughs> I closed the page, but I. It it was just a short blip. Sure. In the um, the three sheets to the wind book, it just gives you a little taste. Yeah. Well, it's got a lot in there. Yeah. Bitter's end. I'm sticking with sailing, even though the the Bible is probably more real. Well, it still In makes me sense. wonder about, um, I'm sorry to be hung up on the bar, but you go, okay, but is it a place to dock? Is the bar a place to dock that you can't, you can't stay there? What is it? What, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, the, the first there? use, it's used to describe wormwood, which I've never drank absinthe myself, but I hear it's very bitter. 
Yeah, we're like relapsing. Right. So yeah. in that quote, there the the Bible idiom usage is kind of directly saying, yeah, the that's bitter like this bitter drink. Or what are you saying? No, I I don't I need to stew on it and there's no time to just sit here and stew. Got no time. No, so but it's not the bitter end of our show. We just have some ads and we'll be right back. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clementemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clementemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. So back from the uh, ads. Yes, here we are. Here we are. I what can is say that? that. Come yeah, on, it's... Um, that's, uh, and here, here we, we are. Yeah. Newlywed game or something, uh, right? No, nah, I was picking it up a song, but all right. No, no, no. No, I wasn't trying to sing something. It was Bob Eubanks. Or a dating game. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Now, I know there's a modern dating game, but I've never seen it. Same. I haven't seen any of the reboots on the classic Yeah. Games. Well, I, say, I mean, I only seen them on the game show network while I was skipping class in the back of the stage room. Stage. Anyway. This, that might also... No, I don't know who that host was on there. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> what's, your, what's your next question? <laughs> welcome back, yeah. folks. So I don't know why mine is a question. Oh, okay. But I won't question that. All right. Um, this is... I have naked as a jaybird. Perhaps why are you naked as a jaybird? Uh, well, yeah. Is it a question? I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know. Sure, yeah. So, great. So naked as a jaybird... Uh, so it has two simple parts. It's really just the understanding and putting those etym- etymology of those parts together. Uh, one of which is, yeah, one's simple and one's a little um, not quite as obvious to all of us. So the fact that birds don't wear clothes. Well, no, <laughs> but um, but good try. It's, that'd be the most obvious. Well, let me just so Jaybird. Okay, 
naked as a jay bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, a naked bird. I mean, this gal, Christine Ammer. I'm going with Ammer because it's A M M E R. Yeah. And I dug up this book of hers, and man, oh man, it's American Heritage Dictionary of Idioms and yes. Cool Cats, Top Dogs, and Other Beastly Expressions. I've looked through this book. Right? Yes. Well, it's out there in the library. Yeah. So she did a little bit of speculating and um, and also reveals, and I found this elsewhere, tracing it back, you know, an earlier British version was Naked as a Robin. Now, that throws some salt in the eyes of where mine eventually goes. Okay. Uh, or at least my research took it. Blinding salts or regular salt? Uh, uh, burning, blinding salts. So, uh, but that's what it is. And so she just is saying, hey, an unfledged jay, a featherless state bird, and and making the correlation. Now, I still could not figure out the relevance but Robin, naked as a Robin, is also what what uh, she's claiming is a perching bird, and a jay is a perching bird. Mm-hmm. Now, why that matters, I don't know. But we're gonna we'll state that and we'll move along. The prevalence of birds, just maybe there's more. More perching birds. More jay birds in the area in which this idiom came about and more robins in the area in which that idiom came about i have a heck of a lot of uh robins um and and blue jays and then there was a bunch of stuff i ran down a uh, a a hay bale of a quagmire uh of stuff that i actually came out and dusted the hay off and decided not even to bring it up <laughs> But I will touch on it since you sort of uh, got in there just a little bit. All right. Um, a bunch of business out of Australia. And since Naked as a Robin was being said in Britain, mm-hmm. uh, yonder, these folk in Australia, and I know we have some Australian listeners, so um, go ahead and uh, and tell us the uh, folly yes. or uh, horrorness of our ways. And I'm no ortho... What the heck's the bird person? Ornithologist. 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 Phoenix person. So, um... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's who we're going with? No, I'm sorry. Uh, Kurawong. K-U-R-R-A Wong. Kurawong is an Australian bird that I guess is similar to a jay. And there were uh, wreaths of paper... Uh, discussing uh, the Kurawong and naked as a Kurawong, uh, but it went nowhere. Yeah. And so I really felt um, like they gaslighted me into reading their book. <laughs> we'll find out. Kurawongs uh, and the kings of, I don't know what it was called. So, um, but meanwhile, back at the ranch, here's here's the guts of the tomato right here. All right. Um I think, you know, is what I, after back and forth and back and forth. Sure. Um, That's all we can do. We, if you walk across the street, Ray, all right. mindlessly sure. uh, and, and, and unaware or uncaring of the designated crosswalk, mm-hmm. you are called a what? Uh, I'm called a jaywalker. A jaywalker. And um, 
it is postulated that you are called that, uh, and I think it's postulated for a great, uh, also, uh, etymological um, exactness, that in 19th century America, mm-hmm. Jay, and it's sad because that's my name, yeah. uh, was slang, <laughs> slang for a hick, a simpleton, a gullible person. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so... A rube. I mean, something in this order. Yes. And so if you were uh, naked... Ah, I see. Uh, you were vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then you were a uh, uh, you're sort of a you're sort of a doofus. Yeah, uh, a doofus vulnerable. Yeah. So we don't really imply that always, but maybe we do. It's sort of to say it's sort of revealing, or you are revealed. You're mm-hmm. naked as a jay, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So uh, you might step out of the shower and 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 someone walks in and saw you naked as a jaybird and it just it's really not how it seems the idiom was meant to be used. The mm-hmm. idiom seems like it was meant to be used a little more, you know, people just hear naked and they em- employ that aspect of it and forget uh, <laughs> the root cause right. of it all. But it and we find that sometimes. Sure. But the it it seems to really be just what I'm saying. It more exposed. Yeah, Mark's right. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh that's that's where I I believe it to be. Um little additional fact, all perching birds, going back to Christine's business there, uh, are born with very little feathers. As some birds come out with with a little coating of feathers, you know. But, you mean like tiny feathers or few? Oh, right, few. <laughs> so they are naked. Oh, okay. I few don't feathers. know that that ends up being, you know, whatever. It, maybe it is relevant to where you know why we got the jay bird. You're brand new. The Australians would would give you the currawongs. So so yeah, uh, uh, naked is kind of simple enough, but they seem to be two two words combined together expressing the same thing that would be exposed uh shown vulnerable etc yeah and that's your uh, naked as a jaybird <laughs> all right <laughs> what do you have um have you ever been a passenger in a car <laughs> sure have you ever shouted out a word while you were in a group of people in order to claim like a certain seat in a in a car Oh yeah, of course. What what word did you yell? This word is shotgun. Yeah, I I have shotgun. I get shotgun. Right, or you just say shotgun. I think I used to say all of it. Sure. Uh, so my question is, why why do we call shotgun? Um, this one, you know, <laughs> I stayed it, silent. I, I wasn't sure. I just like let it be. I was gonna get, gather my thoughts just to see if if anyone's gonna pop in. No, I just let I just let that ride. Um, I don't know. Like we we did mention this before we recorded, and you had an assumption, and I think this assumption is pretty widely grabbed and assumed. I also assumed that uh, it comes from the wait. Old, what? <laughs> ha! So. We often, that was just in time. Yeah, good. Hey, dear listeners. Just in so time. So it's like, hey, there's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's true that we rarely discuss our things. Yeah. We rarely do. We don't. But today we did discuss a couple of things. Yeah. And 
So you're saying it's okay for me to say that? See, I stayed silent I, because I feared saying, it gave something away. No, no, I'm not. I, we're on from the "what do you think" part. I'm on to the thing. But I wasn't on the. I was still on the "what do you think" oh, part. Oh no, I, I, I said I assume everyone thinks this. You know, like we we had spoken of it, but I, I mean, you know, because it's pretty. It seems obvious. Yeah, in, it's in obvious, sense. right? So I, I was allowed. I was, saying, yeah. I was worried that yours was so simple that the obvious answer is the answer. So I didn't want to just go say it. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. All right. Essentially, then. I mean, it's a roundabout way. Okay, I, I retract my weight. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think as we all now assume, I yield the floor. It's fine. That it comes uh, to us from the old west. Wild West, whatever, days. Um, and that would be correct. The idiom comes to us from uh, a different phrase, which is shotgun messenger. They also called it an express messenger. Uh, and these folks were in charge of guarding a valuable private shipment, such as the contents of a strong box on a stagecoach or safe on a train. Mm. Yes, this express messenger... Uh, rode on top of the stagecoach next to the driver uh and they typically had a firearm and they would you know hold off people that would try to heist them or take their strong boxes or safes yeah um it says they often carried a sawn off 12 to 10 gauge double barrel shotgun Dang. loaded with buckshot that was the most effective weapon in the- <laughs> it's got a good spread yeah, it's got a good spread it sounds like <laughs> yeah uh so we had these uh, shotgun messengers that rode for um, what's the the what the crap Western Union and uh, you know yeah yeah and they were they would secure your your private shipments with these with these guys that were fending off your package to get to get where it had to go Wells Fargo is the one I was talking about yeah Wells not, Fargo uh, not the other people. Western, Western Union, Union was uh, was they did it down the wire they didn't even yeah, need right. horses exactly. and buggies exactly. Um, but the, the phrase shotgun messenger does exist, but no one ever said, I mean, as far as we know, no one ever said ride shotgun in an old West sense. The, the idiom comes to us through fiction about the old West, essentially. I hear Jim Cagney never said you dirty rat. Oh, really? This is what I've heard. I haven't researched it. I got other stuff to research. Believe half of what you none of what you hear. Yeah. And only half of what you see. Heard it through the grapevine. Yeah. Yeah. So the the term, I guess, technically riding shotgun first appears in fiction in the 1905 novel The Sunset Trail by Alfred Henry Lewis. Mm. Um, Wyatt and Morgan Earp were in the service of the express company. They went often as guards riding shotgun, it was called. When the stage bore unusual treasure. Oh, loaning extra romance to uh, the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, as far as we know, no one in the Old West said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride shotgun on this, or called shotgun out when they were <laughs> giving out the jobs in the morning. So it seems like the the idiom comes from 1905 <laughs> fiction. That's not a job you'd want. You'd I mean, ride if you like back underneath a thing, then sit up there, yeah, yeah getting uh, shot at. Right, because I mean, it's you. Yeah, it's against you. whatever you encounter. Whatever. And as it's it's the wild west out there. Yeah, you get a posse of ten trying to get that safe. Whatever, watch diamonds. I don't know what you shipped. Deeds, sweet old land demarcations. Is that is the people steal those? 
what deeds yeah yeah if you have a deed don't you aren't you the owner if you have the deed i mean it doesn't have to be notarized with your signature on it and prove who you are but they didn't have i don't know i mean i'd assume the rules were different they didn't have like a picture letterheads ID, right? or they taxes have, like, or anything it laminated was like, license. right it's just like this is my shop i own it here's my paper here's my deed but i don't know i'm allowed to live there and i didn't get that information from back to the future so i'm not sure mm. Uh, but yeah, we rode, we ride, we call shotgun uh, in order to emulate the people protecting the car. We're being heroes, really. Every time you call shotgun, you're saying I'm responsible for what's most precious in this car. Think I about mean, that, guys. Think uh, about that. Yeah, but okay. It's a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a seat of respect. I don't know. <laughs> it's just to keep me from getting car sick in the back seat. That's why I want it. Right, but you've got a job to do. It turns out. And I do it well. If anyone tries to heist, it's up to you. I always just thought the only job was navigating. If radio. In, if you were in a shotgun. Yeah, navigating radio. Ah, oh, see, no, my, my rule is if I'm the driver, I, I have radio control. I dig that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good rule. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. So th- that's our thing. Yeah, we had some questions this week. Perhaps we'll have more questions in the future. Oh, yeah, there's always questions. <laughs> and good and uh, uh, good spread is from Bill Burr. I had to put that in there. So I don't, you know, people, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, because Bill, you know, he's working hard out there. Sure. And uh, hey, folk, hit us up yeah. with stuff. Whole nine yards pod. Yes. The nine is a number. It's a number. Whole nine yards pod. And that's on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it's on the Instagram. Correct. And then we have the Facebooks too. Yes. Um, whole nine yards podcast. And that's the stuff. Let us know how we do with uh, pronouncing words and birds. All that stuff. Uh, you know that I, I can't remember it now. I had a, a British accent syllable question in the first part yes, of the show. Yes, that too. If you got that, you know. Yes. Uh, we're just doing our best. <laughs> and... That's all I know. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And, and we're, we're not, not idioms. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.